Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning, 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific, and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Newtown bears witness to the profound grief and allows it to reverberate within our collective consciousness. Exploring what happens to a community after it becomes the epicenter of a national discussion and what is left to cope with after the cameras leave. Filmed over the course of three years, Newtown uses unique access, never-before-heard testimonies to tell the story of the aftermath of the deadliest mass shooting of school children in American history. And my, my challenge in this interview is going to be holding it together. It's hard to talk about this stuff, especially after you've seen Newtown, and not be impacted by it. But we are fortunate and honored to have with us today the director of the film Newtown, and that would be Kim Snyder. Kim, welcome to Film School. Thank you. Thank you for having me on this morning. You're welcome. Um, okay, let's talk about just sort of the basics. I mean, obviously, when this happened on December 14th, in 2012 and um when it happened what was what was going through your mind um when you were finding out about it i don't know if you knew about it in real time or after sort of after the fact but what went through your mind when you when you heard about it yeah like a like a million of americans and and really people people elsewhere in the world all over the world i um I live in Manhattan, and I was um, picking up a car um, in just over the bridge in Jersey with a friend, and I'm not usually in a car, being a Manhattanite, and I was in the car when I heard that news break, and, you know, at that point, they didn't know numbers. Uh, they knew there were children involved, but they didn't know the numbers, and I remember um, waiting to hear how many and thinking what a horrible thing to kind of await this number and what number does it need to be right. to learn that first graders have been injured or killed. And, of course, the number was far more than anyone imagined. Um, but, but I remember thinking that, like, what, where, where are we coming to where uh, there's, there's some number which makes it more or less newsworthy of attention? Right. Um, but having no clue that I would be spending the, the next uh, four years uh, pretty much immersed in um, in this journey. So after that, after you'd had a chance to you know get the, the more complete story of the the the, the slaughter that occurred in, at uh, at Sandy Hook, and I know this is sort of a an awkward question to ask, but was your was your were your impulses obviously grief and disbelief and all that but was was your filmmaking did you as a filmmaker at what point did that sort of kick in as wow this is going to be this has got to be a remarkable story and i don't mean that to sound exploitative but i just what, at what point did that sort of begin to come into your thought process yes in in this film this um project it was not um, not like any other film project i'd ever embarked on in that in some ways I was like the reluctant um you know uh the reluctant something um filmmaker yeah. I landed in Newtown sort of by happenstance in some ways where um these these uh colleagues I had worked with you know in the past uh on a project that actually didn't um come to fruition just because um 
Arab Spring happened and it was too dangerous to go to the Middle East. They called me up and said, listen, we have this um, idea where we're exploring a short form, some short form material in Newtown, and we have some connections we've made with the interfaith community, and would you consider going up and helping to explore this? And um, maybe something longer form would come out of it. You know, we, it was just an, an exploration. And I was completely uh, reluctant. I don't come from news. I knew there were a million cameras. I felt squeamish about the potential for having to clamor, you know, for... Yeah something, and I also felt squeamish on behalf of the community um, that, you know, the last thing they need is one more um, documentarian coming up there. But I went up and I, I started to make a couple of connections with uh, the interfaith community and, and, and ended up interviewing Father Bob Weiss, the local parish priest who uh, was tasked with burying eight of those 20 children um, on that um, that very week. And so um, I found myself um, um, I found myself up there with 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 the priest and um, and sorry about that yeah, and um, I just was so struck with a visceral sense uh, such a palpable sense of of trauma that he as a as a human being was dealing with and then looking at this 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 person, you know, who had to, um, who had a role in town, and he had to shoulder the grief of this whole collective community, and that was sort of the beginning of seeing the, the, the community as a collective, as a whole. Um, you know, my last film was, uh, which was called Welcome to Shelbyville, was also a perspective of a town. So, community as character was not new to me. That was something I had, you know, thought about a lot in those years I made that film. So. In any case, there was no big moment of epiphany of like, wow, this is, it was a complete uh, journey that you didn't know that you would be on, and it just started getting deeper and deeper. And the kinds of conversations that I was having, I think, ingratiated those people, and they felt like maybe my uh, orientation as a long-form documentarian, the kinds of things I was Exploring with them um, felt different, I think, than a lot of the short-form news cameras that were coming in. Mm. So real relations started to be to, to be made and, and, and bonding, and and then the vision slowly evolved into something that was uh, much more holistic and would encompass um, like a myriad of, of perspectives in town yeah. that you see in the movie, including the first responder and the yeah. teacher and youth, and uh, you know, and, and ultimately the three of the families who lost children, who became kind of the epicenter of that um, that yeah. story of collective grief. Well, I will say it feels that way. Your film feels that way. Newtown feels like how, as you described it. I I think it does. I, I mean, the level of trust, the level of intimacy, the the, the level of comfort that these people have with, with you as a fr filmmaker and also as a person. I mean, that's what comes across in Newtown is these people were were honest with you. Um, they see uh, just they share a lot. And they sh and we all as we're we're as an audience so drawn in to to their story on and on a level and in a way that it just was not possible in that sort of news format that you're describing 
Uh, we spend real time with these people in, in this film. And and I, so who of of, of those people? So you mentioned the priest, which mm-hmm. that's just heartbreaking. And this is a, the thing about your film is you don't think about these kinds of things, and you know, it's just sort of normal when you think about something as tragic as this. But when you start digging in a little bit deeper, and you start to realize, well, this priest was was you know as as uh, what I think one of the fathers said. Or he's somebody said, you know, burying six and seven year olds, putting them, you know, having services for six and seven year olds. Unbelievable. So after the after you were able to sort of establish that relationship with uh, with the priest, uh, who among the the parents or what was the next sort of from there? It led to what to sort of getting to know the wheelers or how, how? you know, it was a it was about. Honest to God, it was about eight months of spending a lot of time with that. Not only he, but other people in the faith community, including a leader, uh, a reverend named uh, Matt Crebin, who was just incredibly, um, had enormous depth and sage words. Um, He ultimately isn't in the film, although we've made some shorts that, because those beginning months, um, I was so timid to... You know, I didn't go up with lists, and I never cold-called anybody. Um, so those early relationships and some of that um, story that we followed landed us outside of Newtown. It's, it's quite interesting. One of the shorts or one of the side stories was that in that beginning with Father Bob, I asked him, "Who um, who's giving you solace? Like, where are you going mm-hmm. for help? And he said, well, I'm, I'm actually getting a lot of solace from this priest in Dumblane, Scotland, who I don't even know. And it turns out that this 81-year-old priest, now 81, or now older, um, he had gone through the same thing. There was a, a, a very similar tragedy some people might remember in 1996 in a very small bucolic town in, in Scotland called Dumblane. So they, and it was the same age group. And, um, I think 16 were killed. So, he immediately wrote a letter in those first days that reached Father Bob, and they started this series of letters across the ocean, which is just incredibly touching um, for him to say, I, too, went through this, and I, too, kind of suffered a breakdown of sorts. Um, and so there were things that landed me outside of the confines of Newtown in the beginning, which felt more comfortable because it, it, it felt like the story might be about paying it forward in this club that no one wants to belong to. Um, and then over time, it wasn't until eight or nine months later that I just sort of started to feel like maybe there was a, there was a, a different a phase. People were coming more out of shock and, pri- and, 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 and intense privacy to... Uh, maybe this that there was an exploration, and so it it happened very organically. Where, you know, the reverend would say, you know, why don't you? There were some people in the church. I was up there on the first anniversary. That was, yeah. we were the only camera crew invited into some of those churches on that first day. They had asked the media to stay away, and so through it was really only after that first year. It was that whole beginning of being informed by this group of. Um, of, of spiritual counselors in a way that ultimately didn't end up being the film, but it's so much the the pathos behind the film. And I'm not talking about religion. Right. It was just um, a kind of a, a kind of perspective into it that didn't have agenda. I mean, it didn't have the agenda of God for sure, but it didn't. 
nor did it really have, um, in the beginning, a pointed political agenda because so much of the early news was jumping in to say, you know, Newtown divided and it's pro or anti-Second Amendment. And people just, whether they had strong feelings about that or not, which there were a lot of in the beginning, it didn't feel respectful to come in with that uh, overt agenda. It felt like the grief and the journey needed to be respected in those, those that early time. And from there, of course, um, you know, I just think that the relationships that evolved um, really was the families next, to answer your question. It was, I remember my first interview, a lot of it was off camera, and then the first on-camera interview with Mark Barden that you see in the film was a kind of game-changer for me where I started to understand the depth of that trauma and how uh, it was playing out in his, in his head, in his heart. Now that's the where he's looking at uh, pictures and he's talking about his how how it's not imaginable to him that he's his life is without um his son Daniel and, yeah, and, and there were early things that they said to me, you know um several of them said that when people often would say to them, "I can't even imagine very early on they came to that that uh place of that David Wheeler says so beautifully about, you know, there's just this human desire to want to protect the rest of the world if I'm having to go through this. And that ability to think about the welfare of anybody beyond yourself in that time of grief, um, you know, um, because of that, um, you know, Mark would say to me or and the others, when people would say, I can't imagine, he would say, uh, we often say uh, we need you to imagine because it could be you, yeah. and um, and so that was really what inspired me was um, okay. I'm going to try to be of service to that um, to that goal. I think it's a it's a worthy goal to have people need to imagine because we just can't afford to be desensitized and to continue in this uh, in this trajectory of inaction. We're speaking with Kim Snyder. She is the director of the film Newtown. It's the story of Sandy Hook, the the, uh, the murder of uh, twenty school children and six school officials, um, and and it is opening here in Los Angeles today at the uh, Lemley uh, Monica Film Center in Santa Monica, as well as it. In New York, I believe it's also opening today, or was that last week? Do it I was know? last week, but it's still uh, playing at Lincoln Plaza in New York. Yeah. And we also, uh, if I can add, yeah. are um, doing something unprecedented. We're playing the film. We're opening the film nationally on over 470 big box screens across the country for a night on November 2nd as a, as a, a live screening event. It will play in all those theaters through something called Fathom Events, followed by a live town hall conversation. Right. So that's exciting for us. Very exciting. And and people can go to newtownfilm.com to find out about that, about where it's screening, as well as uh, other uh, things that you can do and uh, things that you can proactively do, ways that you can be involved. In, in, and uh, so go there, newtownfilm.com. And you are tonight at the Lemley Monica Film Center uh, for a screening, for a Q&A. So is it a 7, what time? 10. 7, 10 screening? 
Yeah, and we're there, and tomorrow night's very exciting, Saturday, because particularly those who are listening who are really interested in, in film, we're not only, we're having our um, composer, Phil Eisler, who is um, a local, very well-known composer. He does the show Empire mm-hmm. and many other, um, many other things, and he had come to this, uh, contacted us early on, and it's a story in and of itself, with the, because we're very proud of our score, but he felt so strongly about this issue and about the footage that we had showed him that he assembled 17 Hollywood top composers to collaborate. And, you know, they range from George Clinton to Jeff Beal, who does House of Cards. And they all, um, you know, gratis came together and collaborated on this beautiful score that underlies the, the film. And there are, uh, a whole number of them are coming out to join us Saturday night at the Monica along with Richard Martinez from Santa Barbara, who lost his son, you might remember, tragically in that um, oh, shooting. shooting up at Santa Barbara, UCSB. Yes, yes. So he's become a, um, um, a very um, eloquent and uh, fierce advocate. Now, I, I just, so I don't want to keep you. I know it's probably a busy day for you. Uh, can I, a couple more minutes with you? Yes, uh, yeah, sure. Okay, okay. I, I want to let people know, I want to kind of, for people to sort of grasp this film, as, as we've been talking about, it, it is a very organic film in that w- in the regard that uh, Kim has described it, getting to know these people. Uh, there's a lot of aesthetics in the film that are really beautiful. I thought the way you framed these interviews, I thought the way that it looked, the pace of it, it's just a, it's such a, an in, um, a easy film to fall into and to really start to grasp all of the different, as I said, implications of what happened. This this community basically swallows a hand grenade, and it has to figure out how it's going to actually deal with all of the stuff that happened. Um, and for people who are film people, and I, I read this in uh, some material about the film, and I think this is a great way to frame it. If you've seen Shoah, I know this is an inspiration for, me, for you, Shoah and The Sweet Hereafter. And I hadn't thought about it until I saw that in, in, in the material. What a what a great reference uh, that is as well for people. So if you've seen any of the, either of those two films, you also mentioned Ordinary People, but The Sweet Hereafter is really a great reference for this film. And um, um, is is that a fair? Am I describing it fairly to you? Yes, and and you know I'm I'm uh, I'm sitting here <laughs> heartened and impressed because. Uh, to, to say that it's an easy film to, because the truth of it is, it is for a lot of people a tough film to oh. say, oh, I want to go see a film about Newtown, but right. we do encourage people not to be afraid, um, because it, it has so much, I think, depth, and I, I don't say that out of uh, any kind of self-promoting um, way, but because it really, I think, is the voices of a lot of people in Newtown who wanted to take their story back, and in their journey, I think, you know, I personally uh, found so much inspiration and hope yeah. and depth and purpose about um, needing to do something and have their backs and have our own backs in understanding that this this is happening and can happen to, to any of us. And um, so I, I am, uh, yeah, I'm... I'm Happy to hear you say that. Um, yeah, you know, and you, just, you found it compelling. And yeah, yeah, just what you said. It is it, when when I was when I heard about the film and I was interested in it, but then you start thinking about that. Just as you described it, like how am I going to get through this and you know and not look away and all that. But it, it, at the end of the day, this is such a humanizing film. It's such a human story 
that uh, that is is so well told. And I, again, I want to go back kind of the, to the aesthetics of the film. Um, you have a wonderful cinematographer in 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 the film or involved in the film. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about about him. Well, uh, Derek Wiesenhan was our, uh, our our director of photography, but I also, because it was three and a half years, had two other really talented cinematographers involved who did quite a bit of shooting, uh, a, a woman named Nati Gomez and a guy named Jake Clonell who did the opening shots of the parade and, and, yeah. and some other very important moments in the movie where I'm with Nicole in the end in the car. Um, and... Um, you know, I had worked with uh, two of the three of them in the past, and um, I think that, uh, you know, one of the things that was so important with the making of Newtown, you know, I'm a big believer that what goes on behind the camera and, and just the, not to sound new agey, but the energy of, of it all yeah. uh, translates on the camera. And in this sense, there everybody, every single person, excuse me, sorry, a little cold this morning. Bless you. Um, Every single person who was involved in this um, had to, you know, have an, an incredible sensitivity uh, and energy around uh, bringing them, once I had built trust, bringing them into these families' homes. It was, um, and they just all handled it so beautifully. Um, so anyway, that's not a, a technical thing, but, no, no, but with but these projects, it, it, it matters so much beyond Beyond, because a lot of people have great technical skills. Um, but, you know, with Derek, for example, that first interview with Mark, um, if you remember, uh, Mike, when he, he's speaking and it's, it's close up and he takes a moment to really collect himself and really look at us and in the eye and, and tell us um, what is in the depth of his, his, his thinking about last mo- the last moments of his son's life and what they might have been like. Mm-hmm. There's this moment of pause where Derek kind of very gently goes in, and um, it's those intuitive things that you don't necessarily direct that um, are are so um, you know they're they're hard to put your finger on, but you know that it's it, the, the instinct is right. It's not. It could have been seemed like okay, here we go. We're going to go in for the tears, and it right. it doesn't. Yeah. It feels intimate. Um, so he he did a lot of that kind of. Uh, Thinking quickly and listening and feeling. Well, well, it's it's a wonderful film, uh, Newtown. It's a story of Sandy Hook, but it's more than just the this tragic and horrible event. It's about the people involved in it, the family. I, I really just to sort of acknowledge uh, Nicole Hockley, Mark Barden, and David Wheeler, among many others. The perspectives you get from all these different people, the EMT, the janitor, the teachers, all of it, put to, putting, put it all together, and you have this moving and in many ways haunting portrait of these people in a community really trying to come to grips with just an unspeakable tragedy. So it's a beautiful film, Kim. Thank really. you so much, and, and thanks for all your, your, your um, sensitive questioning. I really appreciate it. Take care. It's Kim Snyder, the director of the film Newtown. She's here in town today. Uh, this is October 14th to, uh, for a Q&A at the Limley Monica Theater in Santa Monica. And, it's, and again, let's mention that event that's coming up on the 2nd. I want to I highlight that for people. It's a one-night, November 2nd. It's a, called Phant- Phantom 
events and fathom, uh, fathom. fathom. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. Fathom That's events. Right. Yeah, we'll present a special event uh, over. You said close to 400 screens. That uh, no, it, close to 500 now. 500 have screens lined up, and it will be followed by a town hall, live town hall discussion, uh, moderated by Chris Cuomo. Uh, and several members of the Newtown Community One Night Event, Unprecedented Partnership of Theatrical Documentary, uh, and and uh, all of it. And so go to this website. You can go to newtownfilm.com to find out everything you need to know. Kim, thank you. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.